I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Live pre-match preview for Hearts versus Celtic on this Sunday afternoon at Tynecastle. I'm joined by Kev McCoskey and soon to be Paul. He'll be on here very soon. He's just got a couple of things to attend to before he jumps on. But we've seen the 11, starting 11's out, and it's an unchanged 11 from the game against Kilmarnock. I thought the 3-1-1 over Kilmarnock was probably the most complete performance we've seen from Celtic so far this season. So why change it, Kevin? Aye, exactly. I don't think there's any reason to change it. Um, so I've got no surprises with that starting 11. My biggest surprise, James, is that I've got you sitting here with me <laughs> doing the stream rather than you doing the commentary for Sky Sports after last week. That was that was quite the achievement, right? Honestly, sat here listening to it yourself and JP. It was absolutely brilliant. So before we got to get talking about today's game, just a big kind of well done and congratulations on that to the both of you. Um, but I, to look at today's team lines, I'm sure we'll, we'll put the graphic up shortly. But as you say, it's, it's unchanged from the last game against Kelly. When we start to run through it, I think it becomes pretty obvious that that team is the strongest team. And I'm a big believer in playing your strongest team whenever you can. So there's no reason to change that team, um, especially going to Tynecastle, which is a pretty difficult place to go to. I know we've got a good record, but it's never an easy game. So uh, you want to go there, strong team, look to get the job done as quickly as you can. And then you can start to rotate and make changes, especially the midweek in mind. So, yeah, looking forward to this one. Well, the comments we brought up there, Paul McLean, Lag and Rocky, neither even on the bench. We heard the news midweek that Mike Navrocki was back in training. He'd been training for around a week, so that would have had him 
I thought as well, um, in and around the equation somewhere. And Gustav Lagerbjerg, as much as it was against Moldova, he put in a, a good performance. He got his first international goal on a, what I think was his first start. So I thought a couple of them might have been in contention, but Scales has kept his place. And I think because he's going to be the player that will be starting most likely against Atletico Madrid next week. It's good to see Rodgers giving Liam Scales a real, his real sort of seal of approval here, a stamp of confidence, because he deserves this running the team because he's not let us down yet. He's been putting in top performances week in, week out. Yeah, absolutely. It's that word there that you said he deserves it. He's not there. He's not there anymore because there's no one else to fill a jersey. Which, if we're being honest and we look back, that's why he got in there in the first place. But now he deserves to be there. He's earned the right to be there. Um, he's made his international debut in midweek or last week, whenever it was. He's now two caps for Ireland, I think, which is two more than anyone would have given him a chance to have at the start of the season. So he's like he's the new poster boy in terms of the guy that's come in from nowhere, grabbed his chance and, and deserves to stay in the team. Looking at those other two that, that came up, Lagerbielka and uh, Navrocki, I'm not surprised that Navrocki's not in there because he's not in the European squad. I thought he would have been. Uh, like, no, see, for, no, for me, still no, because he's not in the European squad at the moment. So the three defenders that we're going to play in midweek, it's going to be between... Captain Vickers, Scales and Phillips, most likely. So I would rather have Phillips on the bench today to come on and get more minutes in his legs if he needs to, rather than Navrocki. But long term, Navrocki's probably going to, as much as I've just praised Scales, long term, Navrocki's probably going to come in and replace him in the team. But for now, short term, I probably wouldn't have him jumping straight back in. Um, and he is just back from an injury. So let's give him a wee bit of time to get over that and get fully fit. Lagerbilk is probably the more surprising one for me. I'm not sure you'll be able to confirm me the way. I'm sure, James, is he still suspended for midweek? Was it a two-game? Just a one-game ban? I think Europe? two yellow cards, so it'll be one game. I think Oden Holm will definitely game. miss next week, but I think Lagerbilk yeah. will be back. Yeah, so then that, that's a bit of a surprise because he's been playing for Sweden, so he's obviously fit. Um... And as he's our permanent signing over Phillips, who's an emergency loan, who I think we'll get rid of in January, unless he somehow manages to break into the team between now and then, I'd probably have been leaning more to having him on the bench. Um, but in terms of scales and back to that point, he is 100% deserving of being there. He's there on merit now. Um, and someone like me who doubted him at the start of the season is now looking at that team with a lot more confidence in the back line than I would have if this was a month or so ago. So it's a uh, it's testament to him and his performances over the last month, month and a half. Yeah, I remember when we were going into that game at Ibrox that there was complete paranoia. If you were scrolling on Twitter, you would see we were going to lose this 3-4-0. Everybody was panicking seeing Liam Scales in that defence, but now you're completely assured. There's no worry when you see Liam Scales on that team sheet anymore, and it's a testament to the improvements he's made and I think Brendan Rodgers has probably played a big part in that as well moving on to the midfield I'll go, I'll go for the goalkeeper and defence first you've got the usual suspects Hart Johnson Carter Vickers Scales and Taylor onto the midfield Captain Cal McGregor's there Matt O'Reilly is a player that I'd like to talk about he got his 
first call up to the Danish national team and to be honest it's been a long time coming he's been in such good form ever since he came to Celtic from MK Dons it's just been improvements every single month as the months go by he's only getting better and I think of all the players in the squad I always said Leila Bada had the highest ceiling of all the players in the team but I think Matt O'Reilly might be that player now he's got a really strong mentality you can see that from his decisions early in his career when he was at Fulham it could have been easy to stay there and pick up a Premier League wage but he goes to MK Dons in League One to get game time at the age of what was it 18, 19 it's a big decision to make at that age and then to come over to Celtic playing Champions League football he seems to have a good head on his shoulders and I think that's going to stand him in good stead yeah, exactly. He seems to be one of those guys that's got that experience head for a young guy. Um, excuse me. Could have been so easy for him, you say, coming out of a, an academy system in England to stay there and to stay at Fulham or, you know, just take the wages, essentially. He could have been getting, I don't know, 10 grand a week. It's probably going to be an average wage for a, a young player coming out of a youth academy in England could be doing that with very little prospect of getting a first-team game and being quite happy with it and knowing that in a couple of years' time, then he'll, he'll get a move somewhere and he'll start his career then. Instead, he backed himself big time, uh, dropped down the divisions, dropped down wages, dropped down and everything, but just to actually get himself out there playing. Um, and as you say, he's one of those players, like Hatate, that's alongside him pretty much every month, every six months, whatever, every time you look at him, you go, he's better than he was the last time I saw him. Last season, I think he came in for a wee bit of criticism just because he wasn't getting the goals. It was the only one thing that was missing from his game. And he's already outscored himself from last season, this season. He's got five goals, two assists. He had three goals in the whole of last season. More goals than Kyogo this season. I think he's our top scorer. That's right. That's right. I was checking this out before because... Uh, I thought he was, but I think it was one of those ones where I thought, no, that just can't be true because Kyogo's Kyogo. But it is, right? O'Reilly's got five, Kyogo's got four. Kyogo's great stat for me is that he's got two assists this season, which is two more than he got last season. So whenever we get around to talking about him, which I'm sure we will, you will we'll need to talk about how Rogers has changed the way that he plays. He's not just that penalty box forward anymore. He's got so much more to his game. Um, and again, a player that you thought was only just about goals is about goals and assists now. He's such a team player and a more rounded player within two or three months of Rodgers coming in through the door and helping develop his game. But yeah, for O'Reilly, again, 100% deserved to get his call up for Denmark. It's about six months too late, in my opinion. He should have been there before now. And the next step for him is just to get a game for them. And he deserves to play international football. He's, he's a really good player. And like you say, his ceiling is whatever he wants it to be. You know, I hate to say it on a Celtic state of mind, Matt O'Reilly won't be a Celtic player in a year or two years' time because he's got that potential to go and play in any of the big leagues in Europe for any of the big clubs in Europe. I think he's that good or he's got that potential at, at any rate. You know this as no, well. Sorry, to, to I'm just dying to jump in. Plunge McNugget <laughs> thought it was at the game. You, you know how how scarce the tickets are. Um, on on O'Reilly though, Kev. On that point you made about O'Reilly, oh. I think he'll get there because of the uh, nature of his approach to improvement 
He's always looking yes. to improve. I mean, I'm not for a moment suggesting that we've got any inside track on it, but obviously we, we speak to as many people as we can in and around the club. And from what we're hearing, Matt O'Reilly's attitude is unbelievable uh, to trying to develop and improve. And he does have uh, really high and lofty ambitions, but not in an arrogant way. Not like uh, some of these guys that come in and say, I'm going to use Celtic as a platform. He's never said anything of the kind. But his performances have shown, I think, James, that what Kevin's saying is right about him. Yeah, he's... There's, if I can say, sorry, there's a, there's a Scandinavian thing in that, I think. Because I remember when Sviatchenko joined, I was reading up about him. And for the life of me, I can't remember who it is that he's kind of following, but it was someone else that played for Fulham. And what they did was, their whole thing is they want to be the best player that they can be. Yeah. So outside of the, the coaching and training they get within the club, they would hire personal trainers, they would hire their own dietitian, they would hire psychologists just to help them get that wee bit edge. And they would turn themselves from being like an, a slightly above average player into being a very good player. And it's all because they're just prepared to take that extra step to, to develop themselves. And like you said, that's why O'Reilly will get to wherever Matt O'Reilly wants to get to because he's, he's got the mindset to make sure he, he achieves it. Isn't it great as well, though, that as a club, we can we can knock back 10 million quid, James. We've got a, we've got a board that will say, listen, and I know Brennan Rodgers had a part to play in that because he told them we can't lose another pivotal member of the side. But it's great that we can knock back that because it was nowhere near what his, his potential value is. And it was nowhere near the level that Matt O'Reilly should be playing at as well. He shouldn't be moving to the English Championship. We know he's far better than that. When you can usually tell who the top players are at Celtic when you look at games like the Champions League or you look at the derby matches and you see who the top performers are there. Last season, I thought Jota was probably one of our top standout performers at the Champions League. He didn't look like he was out of his depth at that level and he got the big, what was it, £25-30 million pound move in the summer. And Matt O'Reilly hasn't looked at his depth in those games so far. It's his pass that slices open the Lazio defence for Kyogo to run in and it gives Celtic the lead. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't move to the Premier League when he eventually does move on. I think it wouldn't be surprised if he moved to somewhere like the Bundesliga. But he's such a well-rounded player, Kev. He said we wanted to see goals added to his game this season and his finishing has really come on leaps and bounds. I mean, I think it was the game on the first day against Ross County. I think it was our fourth goal that day. He absolutely lashes that one. It was a proper striker's finish. He does the creative stuff, but he does the defensive work as well. When the going gets tough and you've got to really sort of dig in, you need someone to put in a tough tackle or whatever, he can do that. He's got so many different facets to his game, which will make him an invaluable player to really any team that would sign him. Yeah, without a doubt. By the way, there was a couple of things. It gave me an opportunity, the fact that I couldn't come on straight off the bat to go through the comments of, I've got a few saved there. I'm going to run through them. I thought, um, Kevin, you made a great point in relation to the fact that, you know, Bernardo and Matt Phillips are not our players, yet they make the bench and they make the bench over Novroski. Obviously, he's maybe no match fit. Uh, Lagerbjelk, but also Odin Holm. And I find that a wee bit strange, Kev, that, you know, we've got two guys who... Oh, you know, are are owned by Celtic. They belong to the club on a permanent basis. Yet Phillips and Bernardo make the bench. What do you make of that? Yeah, the Phillips one is the one that confuses me at the moment. Um, as I was saying to James before you jumped on there, probably wouldn't have Naroki on the bench just now because I just think he's he's maybe coming back. Like, well, he is still coming back from injury. 
Uh, we've got other options, so let's not risk him just now. And he can't play in the European games, so we're not needing to get the minutes in his legs for that reason. But you've got Lager Bilka there, who is our player, who can play in Europe. And James has confirmed to me he's not suspended for midweek, so why not have him on the bench? Because if we're going into that game in midweek, you're, you know, your three centre-backs that you're wanting to play over the course of that game is going to be Carter Vickers, Scales and Lager Bilkin, in my opinion. He's our player. Phillips, he's only played with two games, I think. He's clearly not someone that's in the plans, I don't think, already to be a player here beyond January. So I don't I don't see why he's there ahead of Lager Bilkin unless he's carrying a wee knock from these international games. I just don't know. Bernardo, uh, that's a tough one because he's obviously a player that's come in with a big um, big potential. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of chat about him being like a, an exciting player. So you want to see him play. He's not going to break into the starting 11 right now above McGregor, Hatati, O'Reilly. So at what point though do you... I mean, he's only been here a couple of months, but at what point do you maybe think... I? Do we need to cut our losses at some point and say, let's develop the player that's ours. Let's give Odin Home the chance to prove how good he is mm-hmm. because Bernardo's a six or seven million pound signing in the summer. And if you can't give him the first team minutes to prove he's good enough to merit that, why put him on the bench ahead of someone that is here for the next two, three, four seasons? So that's a, that's a strange one. Unless he comes on today and puts in a man of the match performance in the final half an hour and he gets it. And then you realize that hey, Brendan knows a player after all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That doesn't surprise me if that happens, Kevin. But I'm going to make the point, uh, and I want you to give me your, your view on this one, James, about Lagerbielk. I think that the one thing I noticed, if I'm looking for a deficiency in his, in his game, and I know he's done really, really well um, internationally, got his goal against Moldova for Sweden, his pace. I don't think he's got that pace that, um, you know, can, you can really be hampered by that, particularly on the Champions League stage. I'm still surprised that we've got a lone guy in who, for all intents and purposes, we'll be away back to Liverpool in January because uh, the injury crisis will have cleared up by then. But Lagerbielk, is it just a case of us looking at him and thinking you don't have the pace that we need um, to go into that game, not just today, but on Wednesday night as well? I think that you'll get burned in Europe having a lack of pace. We saw it against PS, not PSV, Feyenoord. Um, a couple of times, the main threat they had before we went down to nine men was the ball of the top. You saw them doing it over and over and over and over. And it, 
the, the almost produced results and that sort of thing can cost Celtic. But I think the Celtic have signed the Rocky and Lager be okay in this summer. It seems like if Cameron Cutter-Vickers moves on in the next year or two, I don't like to be talking about players moving on. Dear but... me, we've got Kev selling Matt O'Reilly and you're getting ready Cutter-Vickers. <laughs> Will I just jump back off? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like those Navrocki and Lagerbielka, if they're going to be the pairing going forward after then, they would really complement each other. So I think one of the best parts of Mike Navrocki's game is his recovery pace from yeah. the early signs we saw of him, his long-range passing, and just even tracking back. I think it was the game at Pitodja in particular, I thought Mike Navrocki had a really good performance on that day. So I think going forward, I think those two will complement each other pretty well. Yeah, I would hope so. That was the only thing I was going to say. And I know um, Brennan Rodgers knows a lot more about football than I ever will. And there's a reason that Bernardo's in there. I just found it strange that uh, having done pretty well, I think, uh, home, and there was no mention of an injury during the week or in the pre-match pressers about him picking up a knock whilst on uh, Norway under-21 duty. I was, in, I was interested to see that he dropped off the bench because he's a player that I know um, he's impressed you, James. I, I've been really impressed with him. I see him as a long-term, potentially, a long-term replacement for Callum McGregor. Um, that's a lot to bestow on one so young. Uh, Awata makes the bench, though, as does Turnbull. So you're thinking, how many midfielders do you need in there? You've got three midfielders on uh, the bench. You don't need a fourth one. Um, and, and I think yeah, when it comes to the wings as well, obviously Mikey Johnson, you've written quite a bit about him, James. Um, Mikey divides opinion, Kevin. That's what I've noticed with the blog posts. James has mentioned him quite a bit. And by the way, rightly so, because he's had some really good form under Stephen Kenny in the half a dozen games for Ireland. But uh, there was a suggestion during the week, uh, does Mikey make the bench? Has he done enough to make the bench? He doesn't. Uh, Forrest and Yang are on there, so you can see why he's not there. We don't need a third winger, uh, but it shows you where he is in the pecking order, Kevin. Yeah, it does. I think his time is up at Celtic, to be fair, and I think a game like today proves it. Um He's clearly a, a young boy. He's not a young boy anymore, though, is he? He's 24 years old. 24, 24. So he's past that stage where we should be calling him the young boy with big potential. He's he's a player that's approaching the prime of his career who should have about 100-plus games under his belt for Celtic. And I'm, I'm fairly certain he doesn't. 80, um, I think. Performance uh, is 80. As, as I said that, I did begin to doubt myself and wonder if maybe he snuck in a few well, more games and I realised... Well, that's over a period. I mean, he made his debut at 18 years, Yeah, so it's yeah. not a lot of games. No. So up until last season, so he's obviously spent last season away alone. I think the four seasons before that, he'd spent at least 50% of that time out injured. Mm-hmm. So I've got a lot of sympathy for him because he is clearly a player who has bags of ability and bags of talent. He doesn't have the consistency and he's far too injury-prone. And then, yes, he's getting games for Ireland and doing pretty well, scored a couple of goals, showing, again, the talent that he's got. But when you come to Hearts, and he's got James Forrest on the bench ahead of him because Forrest's got the experience and knows how to play these games, Mm. and then he's choosing Yang as the second winger, and Yang's a player who I think has got lots of ability as well. But when he played at Motherwell, which is a less intimidating atmosphere couldn't quite take it. He got rattled in that game because of yeah. a couple of strong challenges and then the fans, the away, well, the home fans, sorry, turning against him. If you can't handle Fur Park, there's less chance that you're going to be able to handle Tynecastle, but he's still getting the nod ahead of Johnson and I think that speaks volumes. I think it's it's a time, a case of, for his own 
benefit for the benefit of his career. He probably needs to go and seek a permanent move somewhere else. And he, he's got talent to go and play for other teams. It's yeah. just he's not he's not going to cut it for us anymore. I'm afraid that's like a got to be harsh and cut the cord there. I think. You I think told me you do not to be harsh, haven't you? Under a head in his development. When you look at Mikey Johnson's 24, he's the same age as Jota. He's three years older than Lee Labada. Then when you look at the stages they are in their careers, mm. it's, you don't think it's going to cut it. And I don't think it's his fault. It's the injuries that have absolutely plagued him. There was deficiencies in his game when he first broke into the team. and He didn't get the opportunity to weed those little things out of his game, get the minutes to develop his game further forward because there was so much potential there. He had all the foundations to be a top player at Celtic for years gone by. Celtic's been all about tricky wingers and he had some of those qualities in the early stages, but the injuries is what's sort of really hurt his career. Oh, without a doubt, uh, James, and I think the point was made, he goes out on loan last season over in Portugal and he plays more games in a, in a, a season than he ever has done for Celtic. 31 appearances he made, uh, 1,600 minutes I think it worked out as, and that was more than he's ever managed for Celtic. Injury played career, um, Brennan Rodgers comes in and gets injured again, you know. But I think uh, he's, he's doing everything he can possibly do when he is getting games. He's performing on the international stage. Craig Wilson, going to be a belter of a game today, lads. Bring it on. I'm going for a 3-1 scoreline today. Well, I hope you're right with that. I'd be more than happy with 3-1. Jungle Lion mentions as well the issues around ticket allocation. We've been speaking about it for weeks. It's great if uh, the teams are selling out the stadium. I can see the argument, but they're not. They're not. They're shooting the cell in the foot and Celtic fans would have bought those spare tickets and they're quite happy to lose money. Um, so I find that bizarre. But it's Scottish football after all, so we should maybe expect that kind of behaviour. But personal Jesus, uh, for me, that's our strongest 11 at the moment. Kev, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Short answer on that one. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely our best 11. <laughs> Sharp and straight to the point. James, I think it's, I mean, there was a couple of discussion points during the week around, you know, Palmer on form, you don't drop him. We were talking about uh, potentially having to replace Maida through uh, an injury and that's why we spoke about Forrest and we spoke about Yang. But when you're looking at that team, that is the strongest side. It occurred to me that Scales, I'd need to look at the, the data on this, but Scales didn't really play many games at centre-half for Celtic, did he? I mean, he, he was being utilised as a as a left-back under Ange Postacoglu. And I think part of the reason we're seeing the best of him, he's actually playing in his correct position on the left-hand side of the central defence. Yeah, I'd have to double-check where he played in his days at Shamrock Rovers. But um, it was the struggles in the early stages of his Celtic career was because he was playing in that left-back position. I don't think... He's not as slow as Lagerbielka, but he's not absolutely rapid. He's sort of got a decent bit of pace, but not enough to be bombing up and down the left flank like you would want a fullback to be doing an Ange Postecoglou's system. The Bodo Glimp game is one way. I'll go back to Olasol back and completely tore him apart. But when he was getting played at centre-back for Aberdeen, you could see there was improvements there. He wasn't this player that we'd seen in his first season at Celtic, but we still didn't think he was Celtic quality. And I think... He's really sort of grabbed his career by the scruff of the neck. He played alongside Lager Bielke, who was still relatively new at the time as well. And now he played yeah. alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers. I think that's only going to make him an even more solid player because, as we've seen, if playing along Cam alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers makes you 10 times better, it completely improves the defence. I think 
if you, you could go back to when Carl Starfelt was at the club, if Carl Starfelt was played at centre back alongside a Stephen Welsh or a Moritz Jens instead of a Cameron Carter Vickers, you'd see him be more prone to those mistakes creeping into his game. You'd maybe see a straight pass or whatever. But as soon as Cameron Carter Vickers was in by his side, they were completely solid. So I think you'll see something similar with Liam Scales. It's only going to make him better. Seen a guy on Facebook. Uh, he was getting uh, Celtic jersey signed by Liam Scales, and on the back it said Ginger Maldini. So <laughs> I'm not sure what Liam Scales thought about that, but I can see where the Celtic fan is coming from uh, on that point as well. John Shirley has been in hospital, uh, just out of hospital. Says John, operation successful. Thank you all, Tim Alloys, for your support. Hail, hail, three one Celtic today. Um, get well soon, John. And we've got you and Boy Martin, known to many of the Axom. Team and viewers, indeed. Tough game today, so hopefully we play well and win by a few goals. But any win will do for me. Um, yeah, I, I get that. It'd be great to get a performance. Andy O'Donnell, strongest team, skills and CCV could be the making of a solid partnership. I think they, they are. And you know what? When Novroki is fit and ready to go, he's going to have to earn these plays, isn't he? Um, and Claire Menery, come, come on, Celtic. A good performance and a few good goals. Hey, I'd love to see that as well. Chancer. Um, thought we might see Mikey Johnson from the bench today after his man of the match performance last week but maybe Gorgie isn't the place to bring someone back with his injury problems yes it's going to be a, a tough game everybody I've speaking to today has said exactly the same um, but I do want uh, first of all James for you to give me a prediction a lot of people coming in saying 3-1 Celtic what do you reckon? Well Dave I'm going to echo that sentiment I'm going to go 3-1 Celtic as well should I I'll hear Mark Louise Palmer again in the score sheet as well nice uh, he is on form and he, and he continued that form uh, for his international uh, couple of games over the, the break as well Kevin McCluskey a lot of positivity coming through on the comments and from James what do you make it of it today what's your prediction yeah I'm going to stick with that I think um, but just to be different since everyone else is going 3-1 I'll say 2-1 but I think yeah, uh, I think it will be for the good guys. I'm going to say two one as well, Kevin. Um, I, I think a big part of that will be down to the fact that uh, one year after VAR was introduced to this day and at this stadium against these opponents, I don't think we've uh, mastered it yet. We're getting a wee bit quicker with the de- decisions, but we're still making big calls wrongly, and that, unfortunately, is always a fear going into a game when we're covering it on a Celtic state of mind. A big shout out to Jerry Taylor, who I thought conducted a phenomenal interview with Fran Alonso. Um, and he did it very short notice. Everything was pulled together. We did it up at Celtic Park. And that was aired last night on the eve of the big game today, the top of the table clash, where Celtic were defeated 2-1 by Rangers. Um, Fran Alonso's story is an intriguing one. Get it on the channel. It's a good 50-minute interview, a proper deep dive. You can see there's a good chemistry between Jerry and Fran um, and I think that the women's team are in good hands, James, with Fran Alonso at the helm. Yeah, Fran Alonso, he's only sort of been good to me whenever I've done the press conferences or whatever. He's a real stand-up guy. But the real, well, the one thing that stands out about Fran was at Celtic Park for when Gustav Lagerbjerg signed that he was yeah. unveiled. We've done the press conference there. I think Fran Alonso was doing an interview with the BBC in the stands at the same time. So when I was walking out of the ground, I was walking towards the exit. Fran looks at me and waves. Like he recognised me from. I'm just an idiot behind the screen, but the fact they can still pick out the faces it shows that he, he really takes the time. He really has the passion for the club 
and you, you can see it from the celebrations whenever I, I remember when they had the record breaking attendance at the end of last season for Alonso mm. was really giving it loud it when they won the Scottish Cup I think it was a season or two ago now you can see him really going crazy He's he clearly loves the club he clearly has a lot of passion for the club and he has a lot of passion for the ever expanding women's game and we're definitely in good hands having him there I think so. He comes across brilliantly. Story, I won't ruin it. No spoilers. Just go and watch the interview. And I thought also Jerry was brilliant uh, in the interviewer seat as well. So hopefully we can organise a few more of those types of interviews for, for Jerry. Um, earlier on, Kevin, I was reading through one of James's blogs where he's talking about some previous games that we played against Hearts under Brennan Rodgers first time round. And I think if you've got a scale... Um, at the top of the scale, you've got that very first game at Tynecastle, 2-1. You'll remember Scotty Sinclair. Uh, who was the other goal scorer? Was it Jamesy Forrest? James, you'll remember. James Forrest, James Forrest yeah. Aye. And um, on the other end of that scale was the game that ended the 69-game unbeaten run, the 4 nothing game. That was a strange one, Kevin. That was a really weird game. Was Kuasi not playing in that game? 4 nothing. Um, I think he was, yeah. yeah. I remember both those games pretty vividly. Like the... The two one game is just Scotty Sinclair coming on, getting getting the winning goal, celebrating with the fans. But you you wouldn't be able to do any more because there's so few of us, and they need to run right to the corner. Um, but that was a great moment. Any late winner against them is, and then that four nothing game. I remember just being really numb watching it. Right? <laughs> it, it was us that was dishing out the four 0 hammerings to other teams, and then that was every shot they hit would go in, and you were just sitting there going. God, is this what it's like to follow them sometimes? You know, it was not a nice feeling. But um, we managed to kind of pick ourselves back up afterwards and get another treble. So in the end, it wasn't too bad. It was yes. only natural that you would lose in that fashion after 69 games unbeaten. It's just <laughs> going out in a blaze of glory. Exactly. Easy go, glory. Right. <laughs> Everybody is uh, confident going into this game, but not overconfident. We know it's a tough one. Uh, let's go and join the action. We'll be back at half time. Uh, thanks, 500 plus strong watching on the live stream this afternoon. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking about a great performance in that first half. Thanks for getting involved. And thank you to James and Kevin for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.